0: Welcome into Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. We're kicking off today's show with Jackie Victor, the CEO of Avalon International Breads. Jackie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So you've reopened. You're in a new spot in Detroit on Canfield. How is it going?
1: It's really going great, I have to say. Um, you know leaving our beloved home at, at willis after 25 years was super painful decision even if it was necessary um, and i but I just i honestly didn't expect that it would feel so good so quickly yeah we're really thrilled with it and so far the feedback from the uh, from the customers is that people are really loving it
0: Tell us a little bit more about this current spot. Where is it? And, you know, what does it look like? That kind of thing, Jackie.
1: Yeah. So it's literally a block away from us. You walk through the alley on Willis to Canfield, and you're there. It's uh, right next to Shinola and Third Man Records and Bon, 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 that whole thing. Um, And <clears throat> it's a it's the space. is a large space. It's Jolly Pumpkin, who is our partners, our neighbors, and our friends. Um, and... It's a, you know, instead of six seats, now there's 90. We never had a kitchen. We were, you know, scurrying around making breakfast sandwiches and all sorts of different ways to make, to try to make efficiency. And now we actually have a kitchen. Um, so you walk in and you see the little kind of miniature version of the Avalon counter with our familiar wooden counter that actually we were salvaged from the downtown white y- YWCA back in 97, Uh Um, that was an old bowling alley, and um, some of the iconic uh, signage, and and it, it feels like Avalon kind of shrunk down a little bit, but in a bigger space so you people are finding the the really favorite products of Avalon of course are sea salt cookies or scones or vegan muffins and but then also what's really exciting that we're doing is we are the whole idea of collaboration with Jolly Pumpkin really was <clears throat> embraced by the community and we started thinking wouldn't it be cool if after 25 years we also start featuring and highlighting and partnering with other emerging small bakeries. And so Mm -hmm. we have Walter Pat's and Detroit Cakes and Bakes and some other small bakeries that are emerging. And we're actually curating some of the some of their favorite products as well. So it's kind of we're calling it
0: kind of like a baker's marketplace. That is a really interesting concept. How did you come up with that? well in in our new business model, we
1: are we shrunk we have a we had a huge fifty thousand square foot base house on the east side that we're selling. We're shrinking down into a five thousand square foot space and we're we are really reducing our, our product line to just those products that were the favorites at least for now and but we didn't want to reduce our opportunities for our customers and also to be honest, we're limited in some ways by the, the scale of of what we produce in terms of you know innovating really regularly and you know we you can't not not one bakery can make everything sure. and so this just seemed like a great way of featuring different products we'd never made things we never had imagined but also there's these wonderful women um, April Anderson, Lauren um, Ellis who have started these amazing sort of smaller scale bakeries, and they were really excited at this idea, too. So they get to do what they do best, which is make it. And then we get to sell it, you know, as part of our 25-year brand, and then that will help them grow. And who knows, maybe they'll, you know, they'll end up with storefronts right down the street from us, too, which is also great, you know. It really is about building a community of small businesses and a community of high-quality food businesses in Detroit. And um, that mission we've never faltered on.
0: I see great potential here, too, for cross-promotion and cross-marketing, Jackie Victor.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, totally. With Jolly Pumpkin, with these small bakeries, and even with the the other bakeries on the block, we still are good friends with Flo, um, which is a wonderful clothing store next, just next to the old space. And so we'll conti- We'll you know make sure we continue the collaboration with her as well. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting. And I mean, the other really great thing is I think all of us that loved. The Willis space so much. There's certain things we just got used to. And one of them was that there's basically no seating. I mean, since COVID, there's basically six seats. And it was fun to sit there, but then you felt like bad because what if other people wanted to sit down or often you just you couldn't sit? Well, now we have 90 seats. So people are just showing up there going for meetings. I'm having meetings there, just having coffee with people where I, I didn't before because I didn't want to take up the seats. And it's really leisurely and it's lovely and it's full of light and the space is in great shape. So that's something I didn't really appreciate as much. And I think other customers did too. Like we just didn't realize we were making, it's like, you know, have an old funky historic house that has these creeks and you just learn to live with it and you love it for that. But Sometimes it's time to, to make a change, and I'm excited to be able to make this a gathering space for larger numbers of people at one time. And it's really it really is a lot of fun.
0: Talk to us a little bit about the history of Avalon International Breads. How did you get started in this business 25-plus years ago?
1: Well, it is one of my favorite subjects, so you'll just have to stop me if I go on too long. But I'll try to keep it short. Um about 26 years ago the co-founder of Avalon and myself we wanted to start a business in Detroit that in a in a word we used to say would do, uh, do good so focusing on three bottom lines earth community and employees. And this is before Whole Foods was promoting triple bottom lines and this kind of thing. And frankly, people thought we were a little crazy. But we loved the neighborhood of what was then called the Cass Corridor. <clears throat> we just saw it had tons of potential, but also just had great people there, really diverse people who lived there and worked there and visited there. And where other people thought, as our landlord said, that the neighborhood wasn't ready for windows because the space we had didn't even have windows when we got there. We saw a community that was literally hungry for high quality food and also for a kind of customer service that frankly wasn't so common at that time of really being accessible and embracing of lots of different kinds of people. And that really was our absolute bottom line is our customer Service mission was to provide an oasis of healing and compassion in a world that is sorely in need. And in 97, that neighborhood did have a lot of unmet needs and there was a lot of homelessness, a lot of vacant buildings. And to us, it wasn't a sign of hopelessness. It was really a sign of, it was a community that needed some love and sure. had a lot of love to give. So that's how it all started. But instead of what we thought, which we would be doing 98% of our baking and and delivering up in the suburbs, from the day we opened, there was retail lines out the door. And so that was the beginning of when we realized we really had tapped into something. And it was really it's just been a great home for us and a great community for 25 years.
0: I think the interesting part of the story the most interesting part of the story is that you started this before Detroit was kind of a hot spot for entrepreneurs I mean you believed in the area and you said we're going to give this a try that's impressive
1: well it is it is really interesting I mean what where other people just, People have said to us, "Oh, this was so courageous of you." And it's funny because we just never thought for a minute that it wouldn't work. We just always sort of envisioned it working. Actually, not even as well as it did work. Um, And and then, you know, to our delight, there was a Cash Quarter Food Co-op was there, um, which left a few years later, um, and and is now actually finally reopening up on the north end, which is super exciting. But, um, one by one, little businesses started to open, and it really became a beautiful community of small businesses that then spread to now hundreds of businesses and tens of thousands of new residential um, develop you know uh, units and um, and of course, the cultural center has just taken off as well. so it's it's been a great ride and and really honestly for me, the privilege of a lifetime.
0: And now it turns out you're in an absolutely wonderful spot in the city where all kinds of businesses are springing up. What kind of advice do you have, Jackie, Victor, for young people, entrepreneurs who want to do business in the city of Detroit, want to start something new? Well, the
1: first thing that came to my mind was uh, advice that someone gave me very early on, which was listen, get to people who are good, really good and listen to them. And one is your accountant. And one is your lawyer You don't have to spend a gazillion dollars but you need to make sure that you are legit and you're following the laws that is very very important the other thing is I would really say is people write a business plan and, and and maybe they make too big of a deal out of it or maybe it's perfunctory but for us writing a business plan really was not a process of documenting what we wanted to have happen it really was creating a vision of what we wanted, and then an opportunity to poke holes in it. So really a good business plan. You have to do your due diligence, not in order to justify what you're going to do, but to make sure that there is really, there has to be a need, either real or perceived, for the product and or the services that you're providing. So that's really, really important. And, yes, yeah, partly for the banks, but banks are responding in part at least to the homework that you've done. The third thing, I think one of the reasons why we, and it was a very different time, but why we, I think, were so successful out of the gate is we both had, Anna and I had both been community organizers and really involved in the community. And so from the very beginning, we created way before the internet, way way before social media, way before any of that. We create. We reached out to our natural community of support and engaged them in it. So we sold pre-sales of of bread, and then people came and g- so we had our initial fundraising that way. It's kind of like crowdsourcing. Sort kind of like a trial, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and or just they, but people gave like bought pre-sales even before we baked bread, and then they came and they redeemed them. We we raised our first six thousand dollars that way. So. Really I think being engaged in the community and, in, and involving the community and so other people are invested in your success. Whether it's $5 or $500, I do think there's something about inviting people to be part of what you're doing and then other people have skin in the game. But at the end of the day, you have to make sure that your customers are the focus of everything you do. So we thought at the beginning we were just gonna make bread. But then people are like, you girls going to make sweets? And we're like, ooh, we better make sweets. So we started to make sweets. And you can't be everything for everybody, but your customers, are you're really there for your customers. And you have to make sure that you're listening. Probably my favorite part about running a business which is just really weird. <clears throat> I mean, I love customer service, but my favorite part about running a business is handling customer complaints. Because I learned Two years ago, from one of our competitors and and mentors, Zingerman's in Ann Arbor, this wonderful process for handling customer complaints. And what I've learned is that with humility and compassion and real sincerity and gratitude for people who come to you with their concerns or their complaints, they are our best teachers. And so I've taught that to generations of our customer service people, you make your job a lot more fun.
0: Jackie Victor, CEO of Avalon International Breads, thank you for the great advice today. We really appreciate it and all the best with this new spot in Detroit on Canfield.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was really fun.
0: You are listening to Opportunity Detroit. We'll be back right after these messages.